I did see something ridiculous today. Saw a statement online. Do you look in the mirror? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's an intro clip. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> back to the pit stop podcast once again that is a wrap on the canadian grand prix that is a hundred race wins for red bull well done max for schnapples that's also 41 race wins for max verstappen which equals Ayrton senna's record that's a very good record to equal it is a very good record now and the only way is up from there really well yeah and max also has led for a lot of laps in a row what's lewis got 100 over 100 race wins now he had 103 and he hasn't won in a while, so it's I reckon it's still 103. Still around 103. So Lewis has Blimey. more wins than the whole of Red Bull. Probably Red Bull got their 100th race win today. Lewis Hamilton will have more wins than the whole of the rest of the grid, current grid, put together right now. Yeah. Fact? I, no, I don't know. I feel it. I don't know, because you've got to think, Alonso... We'll have a fair few. How many, how many wins do you reckon Alonso has straight off the bat? Uh, I don't know. Less races back in the day. Didn't win as many championships. I'm L- going to Google it L- right loads. now. Take a guess. I'm going to say 32. I was going to say like 23. But... Fernando Alonso. Sergio Perez with the fastest lap, which meant Verstappen didn't get his third consecutive Grand Slam, which is a bit of a shame. Oh, but... oh, oh. How many did I say? 30. Oh, no, I said 32, didn't I? 32. <laughs> After 18 seasons and over 300 Grand Prix, Fernando Alonso record is 32 wins. Wow. Someone's been Googling in his bedroom <laughs> I again. I swear I did not. Sergio Perez with the fastest lap. Alonso back on the podium, yes. like he said, mate. A yeah. round of applause. Round of applause you have for to Fernando give Alonso. the guy some credit. When he says something, all right, you just need to believe it. Mm. You just need to, like, I look into his eyes and there's sometimes oh, there's a slight whisk of doubt. And then I just think, no, nah, I should never. I, I, like should, I should never fo- have doubted him. You should never doubt Alonso. He said no. podium for rest of the season. And I like people that follow through with what they say. I always, yeah. And he's followed through today. And we actually saw at the end of the race, really interesting bit. They radioed as Alonso had finished the race and said, oh, that was the best we could do. We had a problem with the car today. Mm. They hadn't told Alonso whilst he was racing. And then Alonso radioed back and said, ah, yeah, I knew about it. I didn't want to tell you guys. So Alonso felt it in the car. What a boss. And knew there was a problem. That's why he was doing so much lifting and coasting. Yeah. And I didn't know what lifting and coasting meant until you perfectly explained. So do you want to repeat what you told me? Did I explain it to you? Yeah, you perfectly explained. I think it was Crofty on the TV, but I know what it means. Sounds so similar. Lifting and coasting you lift off the accelerator before the turn before you have to start braking you coast the car a little bit you just let the car gradually bring itself down before you brake to save the tires to save the brakes you do that in the golf every now and again i don't that's why i failed the mot and had to pay 1200 quid to get it fixed anyway alex albert (laughs) driver driver of the the day day. and i want to say probably driver of the weekend because that q2 performance the strategy there was impeccable well, yeah, it was good. It was it was it was a good call from Alex. I'm gonna. I don't want to put a bee in your bonnet, <laughs> but I am gonna call you up on this because I did just think about it. Why like, are you calling me out yeah, three minutes good, into the pod? Right, it's good to see a Williams do all right. Okay, seventh for the Williams driver of a day for Albon. Mm. He started in tenth, mm-hmm. so he comes up three places. Yep. Right. Realistically, why has Charles Leclerc not got driver of the day? He's finished fourth and started eleventh. 
Ferrari strategy. They should get Fer- they should get team of the day. Yeah, Ferrari strategy today for absolutely once, impeccable. For the fucking first time this year, Ferrari have absolutely nailed the strategy. You know it's good news when Matty P1's even tweeting about it. I reckon Vassour has got a hotel room next to Ruth Buscombe and he's been listening through the walls because it's the only way he would have such a good strategy. <laughs> well, Ruth Buscombe had a bit of a decent strategy today because Valtteri Bottas came in temp. let me just scroll he came temp he today. came temp he got a point Valtteri Bottas do you know why I think they done well because this was the first weekend that I haven't predicted laps okay for Alfa so Romeo so they didn't listen to a thing you said yeah so I think me shoving my oar in <laughs> and getting my nose involved with Alfa Romeo is maybe a bit, just yeah, stick to what you're good at which is drums not a lot actually I'm not even good at those <laughs> I, I actually loved seeing Valtteri I said to you didn't I halfway this is like feels like the first race this year I've watched Valtteri you don't normally see him, or they don't normally show as much of the back of the pack, and he hasn't been up there. But there was a few overtakes today, a few yeah, little moves yeah, from Valtteri. Yeah, yeah. A lot of cars, which you don't normally see, were, were doing some decent moves today. Yeah, like, I... It proved today that the Williams is fast in a straight line, just dog shit through the corners, and which is a shame. Hulkenberg did a nice job of holding up the whole pack for about yeah, 30 laps. He did. I've got it written down here, because Fab's notebook was in full swing this weekend. Oh, really? It was. Um, I've got it written down here that it's... It's a shame, right? Because I just want to see Alex Albon in a faster car. It pains me. I see some really bold moves from Alex Albon. I see some decent pace. I see some class driving. Mm-hmm. I just wish he was in a faster car. He's Maybe been he, in a faster car. He has. Maybe. Mm. And you've also got to remember that I think everyone else knows he's quick or he never would have made, never would have had a Red Bull seat. There's a reason he was at Red Bull for a bit. Like yep. They would have known how good he is. But there's also a reason he's not there anymore. But then also, you know, Red Bull, Alex Ablin and the Red Bull was, what, three, 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 three or four years ago. ago? And he's not old, is he? Like, he'll no. still be learning. And he, he would have learned so much. What about Perez then, eh? Are we just going to completely throw that one under the radar? Or are we going <laughs> to talk about the fact that he is just not really performing at the moment. Not really sure what's going on there, mate. He was he was struggling to even try and catch the Ferraris. It's really strange to watch one car so breezing out in front to the point that at the end, Max is laughing on the radio in messages yeah. going, oops, sorry, I've hit the bump. <laughs> yeah, no, see, no shit's given. See, this leads on perfectly into what you've been saying to me off air. Oh, you're going to bring up the off air? Perez. Yeah. Yeah, and what you think... Might happen because last night you made a really, really bold statement. I would say it was a statement, not a prediction. But let's make it clear: this was an off-air statement. Like I didn't, I don't really want to publicise this because I don't. No, you know, I don't believe I do. it's going to happen. But I just think I it could be crazy because you truly do believe it's going to happen because <laughs> you go. looked me in the eye <laughs> well, last I'm night well and you said, "Fab, this is definitely happening." <laughs> so why don't you tell the people what you think is going to happen? No, I just said, "Look, Perez isn't doing great at the moment." And Red Bull are quite clearly going to win the Constructors with just Max. And they're probably going to win every race this year with Max. So if they win every race and win the Constructors as a team, that's the maximum they can do anyway. Mm -hmm. If they were to drive a swap, Perez and Ricardo Mid-season. In a couple of races. Can I just emphasize the fact you said mid-season? For Vegas. I'm mainly talking Ricardo is in that car for Vegas. It would be a great brand move. Because it would get the team better publicity for the final half of the year with them winning the Constructors. What if he loses, and the, though? Who? What if Ricardo comes last? 
That's I, not good publicity. Well, I'm, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, Perez is, should be winning. In my eyes, if one car is able to win by a long way, the other car should be second. Well, he had a little knock, didn't he, a couple of races ago. They reckon it kind of might have fucked with his confidence a little bit. There's got to be something weird really around know. Daniel Ricciardo, man. There has to be. I, it, that, it still confuses me to this day. I just don't know, mate. I just don't know. I just don't know. But then you, said, the they're, you said they're extending Perez's contract. I don't know if they're extending it, but they came, Helmut Marker came out and said, "Look, guys, we're not we're not fucking even thinking about getting rid of Perez." So, but then you know you could be saying that you, it, it all could just be. But then does this work perfectly for Red Well, Maybe they wouldn't dancing. want to get rid of Perez because maybe this is perfect. Win the constructors and have a driver that wins every race. That's like the best thing they can do anyway. Do they want two drivers <laughs> that are one and two fighting every week? Look, I don't know, but we we said this just after the race because I turned around to you. But we've said a lot. I've also said that Daniel Ricciardo is going to Alpha Tauri a couple of episodes I, ago. <laughs> I turned around to you after the race and I said, it's a shame because, you know, Stroll is is really letting the team Ooh, down yeah. for Aston Martin because they're currently uh, 11 points behind Mercedes. Now that, as far as I'm concerned, is being carried by Fernando Alonso. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that he hasn't got a teammate because they would be second in the constructors right now. And if Lance was pulling his weight. Yeah, and that's like we spoke about in the last pod. It starts to get really tricky. Like, yeah. what can they actually do about it? It, 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 it? It's like if your dad is the manager of the team and like you're the... You're, you play for the team, but everyone else on the team like thinks there could be someone mm. better. But you're just there every week playing. It's a shame because I do see I see decent racing from Lance now. I feel like mm -hmm. he's gotten better. I feel like ever since Alonso's been on the team and he's had that the guy next to him, I feel like he's gotten a become a better driver. All the all the cars just much better than last year. And that too, but I actually see decent moves from him. I just feel like he's lacking the the pace in general. He's well, not quite quick enough. But yeah, there's, some, I mean, there's some decent racing going on with I Lance. mean, race experience has to be everything. Like, Alonso has won races, won world championships. He knows how to get it done. And he quite clearly is, like, concentrated on so much more than just the racing. Mm. Lance obviously doesn't have that yet. He's no. much younger. He hasn't been in a quick car for anywhere near as long. He's clearly a great driver. Yeah. But you, you just can't compare the two. But also, then, I think when you've had to fucking work for something, when you've had to work for something, like, George Russell going to Williams and like working his little socks off at Williams to then get the seat at Mercedes. But let, no, but Lance has still would have worked just as hard as anyone else in that grid. Admittedly, he would have had an F1 seat easier. Well, yeah, that's but what he I'm still saying. had to do F2 in the junior categories, mate. He still had to show up. He didn't like, win F2. Did he not? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to go out there and say that he did it. <laughs> it's quite a bold statement to say he didn't win it if, you, if you're it. not sure Google if it. he won I'm it. I'm confident. I would say he didn't win it because I'm trying to think of the year that he could have won it. F2? Mm. I, I'm, Because we know reckon. the last few year winners, don't we? We have Dragovic, Piastri. But that's as far back fifth. as I can go. He ended the season fifth. Lance Stroll finished fifth, yeah? In F2. And then what? Did he go straight to an Aston Martin seat? Oh, I don't know. I can't think of him being anywhere else. Even my brain's gone completely dead and we're going to be ripped for this. Adrian Newey was on the podium with Red Bull. <laughs> it's good, good subject change, <laughs> wing wing. Which was nice to see. Adrian Newey. And his son was there. Harrison Newey was at, mm -hmm. was at the race in, in Canada this weekend as well. This is something that we're going to dive into properly, properly um, on our next guest episode. But Adrian Newey... That man, I mean, he must have so much power at Red Bull now. 
And the working relationship, I would love to know more about the working relationship between him, who, you know, designs the car, rumoured to be on, on pen and paper or pencil and paper as well, not using CAD. Um, <laughs> I would love to know his relationship between him and like the, the, the pit stop boys, mm. not us, but well, like the on track engineers, you know? Yeah, see, see what crew. involvement he has. I'd love to know what the dynamics like. I'd love to know what they're planning for next year. Like whether any teams have started planning for next year. I reckon Red Bull next year should just have one front wheel. <laughs> what, three wheeler? Three, like a Reliant Robin. A Reliant Robin. Can you imagine that? <laughs> They'd probably still win. What do you reckon? One front wheel or one rear wheel? What would you have? Um, I would I would 100% go two wheels at the front, one at the back. Uh, I'm just thinking of corners. But then the you're, rear wheel... You're pretty ruined anyway. The rear wheel is the one which 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 gives you the drive. I don't think they're getting around any track of that grid with three wheels. Like, to see at them speeds. <laughs> it's a shame that F1 cars cost so much money and when and they, the old models are like relics because I would love to see, like we've spoken about so much, this kind of F1's Champions League yeah. where it's like all the old dogs coming back out of retirement but they should all drive three-wheeled F1 cars. I did see something ridiculous today. Saw a statement online. Do you look in the mirror? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's an intro clip. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a horrible thing to say. No, it's like one of your dodgy websites again. And apparently Stefano Dominicano has come out and said, we will not penalise anyone or we will not do anything to bring the field back together because Red Bull was so far ahead. Did you see that? No. Like someone questioned him on it in an interview being like, what are you going to do about Red Bull being so far in front? And I was just like... That's so ridiculous. Give them some credit. Like, I'm happily, I'll happily sit here and say like, and say shit here and there because we have to. We're a pod. We don't support an individual team. We just love the racing. We can say it. But they, there's nothing that can be done. If they're so far ahead, that's just fair play. Do you know what I want to know? I want to know how, how often do like the teams have to submit what they've spent? Because how, you know, if, let's say, for instance, in layman's terms, Red Bull have overspent again mm. this year. Why do we have to wait until the end of the year to find out? Well, it's because Sally, who is the F1 accounts woman. Is it actually Sally? She sits there in her office and she goes through receipt after receipt. She says, computer she, says she, no. <laughs> she has to add up every single receipt the teams, from every single The team. teams should have to submit their finances quarterly. No, I, sure I, I, I know fucking nothing about this. So I could be way off. But like like we saw happen before, they found out and then it wasn't until a year later that they were like, oh, well, we could penalise Red Bull, but nah, we probably won't. I, I don't... Every race that goes on, my respect, gets more, my respect for Max gets more, as we were speaking about a couple of races ago. But it also becomes more evident to me that if, you, if Max wasn't there... Say, for example, Max didn't race. Max wasn't on the grid. And mm -hmm. it was one drive from each team and you had Perez How in the Red Bull. How close would it be? Well, you wouldn't be looking at Red Bull saying they're really quick. It's as simple as that. Perez wouldn't be making everyone go, wow, Red Bull have overspent. Look at all this, look at all that, would he? He, no. doesn't, he doesn't win every race. If it mm. was just Perez, he wouldn't win every race. He wouldn't get pole every race. So you have to look at that and say... It's the driver. It's Max Verschnappels. I genuinely think he might break every record. It, it, this could be crazy. So as a team, right? So you've got 10 teams on the grid. I would say at least six of them 
never have any chance of ever coming up against Red Bull anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, just for the fun of it, let's name them six. <laughs> Haas. Okay. Well, they thought they might have a chance, but unfortunately, Hulkenberg got a grid penalty. And realistically, he never had a chance. Alpha Tauri. I wish he did. Williams. Okay, yeah. Come on. So that's three. That's half, Alpha of, Romeo. That's half of six. Alfa Romeo, four. Uh, Alpine. Alpine, five. I mean, oh, it's hard to say that after Ocon got a podium, but they don't have a chance so against got, Red so Bull, So you've got Mercedes. We're doing against Red Bull. Yeah, no you have, one so, has a yeah, chance. Yeah, so there's nine teams, so you have to exclude. So, so you've got Mercedes, Aston Martin, Ferrari, potentially McLaren. Anyone else? No, you don't. And then you've got Red Bull, that makes five, and then the other five teams. I really teams. don't think there's a single team on there that can compete. So, but that's the thing. And I've, I've spent so long explaining this small piece now that I forgot where I was even going with this. <laughs> um, so that's where I was going. So if you're like one of those five teams at the bottom, like you never, you never expect you're ever going like to come close to winning the championship. So it doesn't bother you. But if you're one of these teams who are like kind of midfield or kind of up near the top, what do you do? Like you must look at the next at least two years, but probably three, and think like we're never ever gonna fucking win this. What's the point? Even if you know you can go through a season and, and get lucky, right? And not lucky. It's it's the way that F one works. But you can go through a season, hope for a couple of crashes. Maybe you can pick up a podium here or a win there. Mm. But you're not gonna win the championship. Yeah, but not not every team on that grid goes out expecting to win the constructors goes out expecting to win well that's what i'm saying obviously the every driver won't. wants to every driver wants to and probably believes that they will be a world champion but not every team principal and team is having their meetings at the beginning of the season going right we're gonna win i do believe mercedes still think that they could come back next year and and kill it um i do think after these changes that they've made i reckon 2020 whatever the fucking year it is. What year are we in? 2023. So 2024, yeah. Mercedes, I think they could come back I, I definitely think, yeah, but I think by the time they do, we'll see a bit of like a five-way shootout. Like, I think you'll have like McLaren, Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston. I don't see like Mercedes suddenly jumping ahead of Aston Martin and being way quicker than them. Well, they're gradually doing it this year, aren't they? I mean, they're, I mean, Lewis Hamilton was closing in on... Lewis Hamilton had a good race today. Russell was mad unlucky. He was having a good race as well. And then George could have been good today. And then he would come back. He was 19th. And then out of nowhere, he was eighth again because he didn't pit. And then his car died. I was like, wow, this could have been one of the best recovery drives. Mm. Fab's prediction of Gasly on the podium didn't go too swimmingly. No, it didn't. How did your predictions go? Well, Stroll did better than Gasly. So Gasly came 12th, Stroll came 9th. So at least Stroll did get points at his home Grand Prix. That means you were close then. So technically, Aston Martin got 20 points this weekend from two drivers. Mercedes got 15 from Hamilton. Right. That's a big podium for Hamilton. So imagine if Stroll could have just kind of slightly better. Mm, well, he's still got more points than Russell, so he's doing better than the other Mercedes driver. Very true. W Series has gone into administration. Yeah. It's the end of the line for W Series. I thought this happened a couple months back, um, but... I, I don't know the, the legal terms, but I imagine going into administration is the technical term for being fucked. Yeah, like just run out of money, really. But then I'm not surprised. Their whole series is now changed to, well, it's not their series, is it? But you have F1 Academy now. Yeah, so it's kind of sad, but I saw a load of posts from people like Jamie, did Jamie Chadwick win W Series like three, four, times. three or four yeah, times? Yeah. So that would have done amazing things for her career. Obviously, you know, Naomi and W Series... 
was around for a bit. Mm. And so she, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but I think it would have done a lot for certain drivers. Yeah, it would have done a lot for so many people. It got loads of them at, back into racing. Yeah. Loads of, an opportunity for loads of people. It, it is sad. It is sad because arguably if W Series never happened, we probably might not have F1 Academy now. Well, it that's takes, the thing. It takes something to ignite something else. And then I think credit should be given where credit is due. And then something like W Series can just go under and never be spoken about again. But if it wasn't for W Series, we might not have F1 Academy. So it's... So it's not sad, like it's not sad really. It's, it's, it's quite no, good. No, I think it is sad because behind it, there was, there was one... I'm not... Don't quote me on this. <laughs> But I believe one of the founders of W Series was um, was a woman who had a big passion for like females in motorsport, obviously, and she put a lot into this. And there's, there'll be people that would have had to break down a lot of barriers to get W Series approved, racing with F1, this getting is on normally, them tracks, getting on them circuits. This is normally how it happens, isn't it? For for greatness, for something great to happen, there is usually someone at the beginning. Who doesn't get the fucking credit that they deserve? Like, do you, do you really think McDonald's like pioneered the fucking hamburger? That is no crazy, way. by the way, in that movie. I didn't know that it was like kind of robbed. The, the founder. Idea. If if no one's if no one's watched the founder, watch it. I Someone watched it on a robbed flight. The burger. It's amazing. It's an amazing film. It's all about how McDonald's started. But those two guys who started McDonald's, it was one little drive-through, you know, in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. And all of a sudden, this guy who was trying to sell... I don't want to ruin the film, but... I was going to say, cheers, man. I don't need to watch it He anymore. was trying to sell milkshake machines. And then he ended up just turning McDonald's into this massive empire. Well, well that's so. the thing. It's a, that was, the movie is a great example of sometimes things only work in the right hands. Because the, the, the two guys that started McDonald's, I hate to say it, they would never have made it what it is. They no. never would have. They, no, didn't, no. they didn't have the... Some people just don't see things that big. But I think in terms of W Series, it is really sad. It is amazing. It got a lot of people a good opportunity. But it's a shame it's like gone. I, I It just went really quiet, didn't it? Like out of nowhere. I didn't yeah. hear anything. I didn't really know what's going on. And to be honest with you, I still don't really know what's going on with F1 Academy that much because <sighs> it's it's not streamed live on TV. You get the highlights. You get the photos. I think it will come. I think... WC, I don't know anything about like who owned it or how it was run, but I mean, if it's like a separate entity to F1, it's always going to struggle. And if it's its own thing, whereas at least F1 Academy is like mm -hmm. under the Formula One hood, you know, so that should bring it enough well, it should, exposure. It, this, and this should end up with Marta Garcia in Formula 3 next year. At the moment, Marta Garcia is winning F1 Academy, and I'm pretty sure the winner goes into F3. Yeah, that's how it works. Which yeah. will be mega. It will, will be, be like. Mega. So exciting to watch. It's like Catherine Legg, who's in the NASCAR, who's in mm, NASCAR, IndyCar. There we go. IndyCar. It's great knowledge, mate. The only female driver in IndyCar, as far as I'm concerned. And she's a British woman. Mm. We should get her on the pod. Well, let's see if we can get on the We actually do have a, another guest coming this week. It will be live on Saturday, 10 a.m. So if we tell you there's a guest coming, just know Saturday, 10 a.m. And then we can try and get some kind of... Did everyone enjoy Freddie? I know you can't really reply, but I think it was a really special I'll re episode. I'll reply in my Okay, you pretend to be the listener. Woo, yeah. Did you enjoy the Freddie yeah, episode? Yeah, I loved it, yeah. What was your favourite part? Um, the bit where he talks about the Rush movie. Yeah. And spills all the secret stuff. Yeah. That had never been heard anywhere else before. That's good. No, he did <laughs> say a lot. Freddie was an amazing guy and it was so cool afterwards just to be texting him and getting all these videos. And he sent over loads of stuff. 
if you listen to it and haven't watched it, you should go and watch it because he sent over videos of him on the farm with the yeah. pigs and that. And, and we only inserted so many clips, but I mean, we Jake has a fucking phone full of photos and videos of Freddie, Freddie Hunt, and his birds. James Hunt's son on the farm with his chickens, <laughs> his lambs, his pigs. is amazing. He he was just a great guy, a great guest, and. To be fair, one of the things we always say about this pod is one of our favorite things is just becoming friends with these people. Like, every guest that leaves here, every guest, they never walk out that door and it's like, cool, see you later, bye, ever. No. There's always a conversation afterwards. There's always a, a friendship built and that's invaluable. Like, that's just the coolest thing in the world. Well, it just allows us to, to you know, really... It just allows us to do more cool things in the future. Mm. Like <laughs> we already spoke about this before we even had Freddie on. Me and Jake were like, you know, if we if this pod goes well with Freddie, then maybe we could document like his actual farm and like go to his farm and film it, fucking put it on YouTube and show everyone. I would love like, to. That's what we want to do. Like we want to take every time we meet someone, we want to do another episode with them again. But like rather than it just be a pod, we want to turn it into like an actual TV show. Like. Mm. I want to go fucking milk the cows with Fred. <laughs> no, I do as well, but he doesn't have cows. And go milk the fucking sheep? pigs with <laughs> milk the sheep. <laughs> that, maybe that sounds a bit it's wrong. Disgusting. I'm ju- I want to just take it back a little bit to qualifying. Sure. Because um, you know, quite a lot of things happened in qualifying. There was a lot of people thought would have penalties and that, but the sad yeah. one, obviously, like I said about earlier, Hulkenberg was second, and then he did get a grid penalty, and yeah. It wasn't the best race for him today. No. But to be honest, I don't think you're going to really get a Haas, you know, up the top of the grid. They're just not going to be quick enough. Do you think which team, if you had to take a guess, that isn't there now, do you think will be the next team there? Like, who do you reckon would be the team that could go and get a win if if things went a little bit weird one race? Mercedes. No, there isn't there now. Like, like an Alpine. Like, no one expected Ocon on the podium in Monaco. No. Well, it was a few races ago. I was saying, I, I think Ocon's really decent. And it was fucking Matt Murray Downing who shut me down and said, what? Did he? Well, both of you did. No, I think Ocon's good driver. I think Ocon's solid. I think Ocon's good. I think Ocon and Gasly are, like, good teammates because I think they're, like, identical of level. Mm. I, I, well, they are. If you actually combine this, if you look at their stats side by side, it is ridiculously similar. What, on their driver Races, ratings? podiums, everything. Gasly hasn't been doing as well this year. I feel like Ocon's been doing better this year. Yeah, maybe Ocon's Gaza. a bit more used to the car. This is a big, it's been a bigger move for Gasly. Mm. Ocon also knows everyone in the garage already. Speaking of Gasly, he was 11 centimetres from the wall. So I th- believe it's turns 13 and 14. Could have got that wrong. It's the last turns on the circuit before you go down the he- on, on the main straight. What, so there's only 13 turns at Canada. Could be wrong. I could be wrong. It is a short circuit. Yeah, and they're all slow, slow corners as well. It's that final chicane. Mm. Champions Club is right on the edge there, which is nuts because the, like, the view... Mm, they get like, a good view, don't they? Canada, I think, has got a lot of decent viewing sections of the track, but Champions Club, oh my God, that's literally like the best place to watch the race. If you want to watch a good place to watch an F1 race, it watch it from cool, Champions right Club. right there on the side. Like, if a car went, if a car crashed or spat out, it's going to go right Ridiculous. in front of it. But it's right on the wall of Champions, which is like, <laughs> this, which is like the sacred place, right? At uh, the Gilles Villeneuve circuit. No worries. You're welcome. <laughs> but Gasly became 11 centimetres from that wall, which is nuts, right? Because you may be thinking... 
how much is 11 centimeters? I know, I, I know how big 11 centimeters is. You do? Yeah. You look down at it every day, don't you? It's about the size. God, I wish. It's about the size of a chub key. <laughs> also, also, what is a chub key? You know, like you have a normal door key, but then like if you go through an old door, you've got one of those old fashioned keys. It's like thin, it's like a thin pole with a bit of the end and a handle. Yeah, okay. You know the ones? No. Chub key. Like the, the, the a key chubby that, key. The, there's no, no, a no, key no. that's bigger than a normal key. No, so the key that you would key. use to like open like a like a fucking shed or something, you know? A shed key. A shed key. <laughs> so Pierre Gasly was a shed key away from the wall. Or a tiger claw. Okay. <laughs> or an elf bar. Or roughly around <laughs> 11 centimetres long. <laughs> 11 centimetres away from the wall. I know. I know that we say that's not far. But when you've just had Monaco, 11 centimetres becomes a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, they were literally touching the barriers at Monaco. Yeah, there was, it was zero, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, I would say it was minus. But I know what you mean, that final corner, because they're 11 centimetres away from the wall, but it's almost the back end going out and then they have to pull the back end in. Yeah. It's not like deliberately straight line going as close to it, is it? It's like, the, you have to get the catch to the back. But it's like when you'd swivel your hips a little bit. It's like the same, runway same terminology that Toto uses on the radio, apparently. <laughs> I did that what Toto said. Yeah, I was chatting to Toto the other days. Lando Norris a bit. with a five-second penalty. What are your thoughts on that, Jake, boys? What was it for? Was it for the pits? It was for unsportsmanlike behaviour. Now, what did he do? Lando. The f- <laughs> what the hell does that mean? What's he done? I don't know. Um... I don't know what the fuck it means. I mean, even Ted was complaining about it on, on Sky. They were saying a lot of penalties were given out. He said it was quite unsportsmanlike when Michael Schumacher ran Damon Hill off the track, but he never got a penalty for that. F1 has become very, very vanilla, like, recently. Like, it's, they're very, it's very straight edge at the moment. Mm. And I get it, because if you allow one person to get away with something, but then not someone else... And if there's like a few points, well, it's a rule book, yeah. If there's a few points, you know, hinging mm-hmm. on it, like we saw a couple of years ago, and these points are worth millions. And there was Amazon. Then, yeah, the points are literally worth millions and millions yeah, of dollars. So, what's the solution here? I think one thing that should be heavily remembered is that near enough, a high percentage of every single like thing that the stewards give out wouldn't have been initiated by the stewards. Like, for example, if Lando did something, Alpine, if it was to Alpine, Alpine would be the ones that go straight to the FIA. And I think the reason you see so many and the reason you do see and sometimes you do think that's ridiculous is because every team is just desperate for them points. Do you know what I think would be the best option? What? What would be the best option? Put it to the public. Public vote should no, because everyone's favourite drivers would never get in trouble. Well, there you go, mate. Because everyone would be everyone. The can you imagine the engagement? It would be crazy if you knew. Right, if it popped vote up on a, your phone, if it popped up on your TV right now, <laughs> that's, and, a, that's such a good idea. Yeah, and it was it's like such a good and idea. It was like Lando Norris is currently in fifth position, but he's about to, or whatever it was, sixth or seventh, but he's about to come out of the points this race. Fucking go to your phone and vote to keep Lando in the fucking race. <laughs> Did Max Verstappen go over the curb? Yes or no? It's a, it's a vote everyone at home for a five-second time penalty. There must be a cool way for like to get people involved, get a bit more interactive with the F1. I'd like that. Well, they did it this weekend. We didn't watch it because we were watching on Sky F1, but we, we watch on Now TV, so we don't have a red button. So we couldn't watch the Daniel Ricciardo and the other guy's thing in the grandstand. So I just don't know the other guy's name, by the way. I haven't got a clue who it and was. And Max was there as well. Who? 
And Max was doing it as well? Max who? For schnappen. No. Oh. I'm talking about the grandstanding. Daniel Ricciardo commentated on the race, I believe, for, throughout the race in the grandstanding Canada. Oh, uh, okay. With some other guy on Sky Sports. So they uh, are trying new okay. things. Got it, got it, got it. I don't think we're going to win the vote for, <laughs> for the points, no matter what we do. There's one thing I love about F1, but it's it's almost like a double-edged knife, or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, whatever that saying is, is the fact that they kind of keep the circle very small yep. in terms of like who they use on the broadcast. I mean, I, I, we only watch through Sky, so we don't really know. We know it's a bit different for F1, and then depending on what country you're in, obviously different again but like the reason i like watching f1 is because they kind of use all the same faces yeah you, you know who, you, who you're listening to but then at the same time i remember you and me watching it last year and kind of out of nowhere there was like lewis hamill uh, sorry there was max verstappen doing an interview with crofty yep sat on the track on the exactly grid exactly what you mean yeah and i remember i mean obviously we know crofty we love crofty we've had great times with crofty came on the pod an amazing pod if you haven't listened to it check it out on youtube spotify all streaming platforms Parted in vegas till 4am we parted in vegas till 4am and i was screaming in his ear for three hours straight <laughs> don't remember a word of what i said um but i just and you know crofty is you know he's gonna go down in history as being a legend of f1 for giving some of the best commentary i've ever heard in my life and hopefully following in the steps of Murray Walker. But should he really be doing a sit-down interview on the grid with Max Verstappen? I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be. But, you know, he's the commentator. Like, I feel like there could be someone who out there who's very, very good at interviewing people who could have done that. I do know what you mean, because it's one of them. It's like, should someone stick to what everyone knows them as? Mm. And by the way, this is nothing against Crofty because we know Crofty no. is amazing and it's like he should be doing the interviews because he's so good at them yeah but I think what we're trying to say is like if someone is known for being the commentator and everyone loves them as a commentator should someone else do the interviews so that they to protect what he has like you, you know would I mean? never you would never ever have a football commentator come mm. out of that fucking box after a match and go down pitch side but and interview the, the footballer no. surely not no the, co- the most of the commentators well, other than a couple of them. Ian Wright. He's, <laughs> Gary the, only, he's the only name I know. <laughs> Gary I, Nev. One, you just said one thing you do love about F1 is that. And I, I will say another thing I do love about F1 is like it is constantly changing. Like I think that's important Like to get with like the times and, and update the sport. Um, I don't want to keep doing comparisons to football because like, you've just done one. Mm. But... A, I have been a football fan my whole life. And you've got to think out of nowhere, we get goal line technology, VAR. Mm. That come out of nowhere mm. in a sport that I played all my life. I love out of nowhere. A camera is now making a decision. Yep. It just makes you realize how quickly things could change. Mm. Like what we're watching now in F1 is amazing. But like, I still think they're learning. They're still figuring out what oh. works. They're still... And it just shows you how quickly everything can suddenly flick, flick of the fingers. They're not in control. Look at, look at Friday. Was it Friday? They didn't even get out for practice one because the CCTV had gone. Yeah, we haven't even spoke about that, but that's pretty fucked. That, well, it's nothing F1 could have done. That's just a weather thing. Or, didn't they say it might have been Ga- Gary the Grey? Da- oh, I thought someone... I thought it was a- <laughs> Gary the Greyhound. They Gary the wild. Greyhound. What, was, what are they called? Groundhog. Groundhog. Although I'm fucking calling him a woodchuck from now on. Why? Did you, why? Because why is a woodchuck? They were ducks. It's all the same. It's all the same animal. Max Verstappen thought he hit a bird. Groundhog. A woodchuck and, yeah. a, and a greyhound. No, a, gr- a groundhog. A groundhog. And a woodchuck. And also, there's another name for it too. 
How much wood would a woodchucker chuck if a woodchuck would chuck How wood? fast would a woodchuck drive if a woodchuck could drive fast? Yeah. It's a fucking great question, and there's be plenty of more on future episodes, so guys, make sure you're following. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to give a shout-out to Lando, because on the last lap, guy literally unzipped his trousers and got his nuts out all over Ocon. Like, he was literally... What? He, for, on the fucking last lap, on the last straight, on the oh, last yeah, turn... Oh, yeah, he was going for him, wasn't he? He was really going for it at the end there, and I admire that, because, you know, why not? Why not just go hell for leather on the last lap? I think Lando and Oscar are two very lovable people. And I do think if that McLaren can sort it out, I've said it in multiple pods, I do believe they probably have the best driver lineup. And get a bit of speed in that car. It's nice to see Piastri like just in them. He's unlucky not to get points today, come 11th. Mm. It's a shame because he was having a good race. The strategy just didn't get... Imagine some other teams did Ferrari's strategy. Ferrari were able to get them points out of Ferrari that. really killed it with a strat today. And it's strange because Sainz was arguing, not arguing, but like <clears throat> on the radio, even he wasn't sure what strategy they were doing. Mm. And the, and um, Crofty and Brundle were talking, weren't they, saying, isn't it strange how Ferrari always asked their driver and the drivers usually don't agree with what the pit, pit wall was yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. But this time they said, stay out, stay out. And bloody hell, look at it. They got fourth and fifth. And that's incredible considering they started eighth and That 11th. is incredible, yeah. Fair play to them. Like, Ferrari, well done. So looking ahead now, that's, well, that's Canada done and dusted. That's another race of the season, which just seems to have flown by. I mean, I don't know how many races we are in now. Do you have that information at your fingertips? I don't yet? have the exact amount of races we're in. I mean, I'd say it's at least sort of like six or seven now. Yeah. Um, we we're got looking ahead to Austria now. Yeah, we've got a week off coming up, and then we're straight into Austria, which is the pit stop fastest lap. Red Bull Yours Ring. and mine's favourite track. We what, know that Oscar Piastri is the fastest driver around the Red Bull Ring oh in history. Oh my God, guys. As fucking Austria's coming up, we can compare all the times from our leaderboard to their quality times. Oh my God, we actually can. So Oscar's currently out top with a 105.931. So can he actually better that in real life? I don't reckon he will. Can anyone beat Freddie Hunt? Imagine <laughs> Freddie Hunt's time on the lap. It's quicker Can anybody than... beat Fabio Bocca with a 107.783 no, full full traction? Who knows? What I do know is that there's nine points between Sergio Perez, who's in second place, and Alonso, who's in third third position. Okay. So, so really close. Really, really damn close now. You know, Perez obviously not had the best couple of races. Can he shift this mindset? and shake Alonso. If there's going to be anyone on your tail, the last person you want it to be is Alonso. Mm. So now it's going, to, it's going to heat up. I've also noticed in one of the garages, don't want to mention any names on this episode because I need to proof check it, so don't throw me under Can the bus. Can you mouth it to me? But we've started to notice people that we know Oh. moving between garages. Oh, okay, we know. So you've noticed someone who I didn't even see on the TV. No, earlier. come on. Stick with me. It's meant to be our show. <laughs> I'm with you, but this is not fucking anything to do with me. Okay, I definitely have seen him. This guy I knew worked at another team and now he's working at another team. You and he think... looks like he's got an important job Wait, there. Is this the Dan Padgett story or is this no, the guy no, from Red I, Bull story? I do think I saw Dan Padgett. It's the guy from Red, Red Bull no, story, isn't it? No, it's not Jake. the guy from Red Bull. It's not. <laughs> right. Jake has come out at <laughs> Pit Stop Exclusive and he reckons that a guy who was working at Red Bull, who we know and we've met, is now working at Haas. Yeah, I think it could be a Pit Stop Exclusive. 
for sure. Mm. But I'm going to double check <laughs> the information, right? <laughs> I definitely have seen that bald guy at Red Bull. Okay? Should we, should I just That's message the only him? way I remember him because I know that he was bald. I love how you, you know him as the bald guy as well. I, I, I don't know his name, <laughs> but he was really nice when we met him. Everyone's been nice in F1 that we've met. It's just a shame that we haven't been out this year and kind of seen everyone again. Yeah, to but. be fair, I've actually noticed multiple people moving between teams and that. Maybe we should talk about that on the pod because there is people within the paddock that like we know as friends that have moved between teams yeah. and, that, and we don't always talk about Even that. outside of the team, someone that we know from a different company has just moved over to Williams. Mm-hmm. People then jump from Formula E back into other things as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So kind of the whole racing world, I guess, is all kind of linked up in a way. I nice. think that's what you get on the Pit Stop pod. People don't come here to listen, to understand this about that or this about that. They're just looking for that little 1% of gold, you know? <laughs> that little 1% of... The diamond of, in the I rough. Got that and else. my God, is there a lot of rough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to tell myself that because otherwise I'm like, why do people listen to this? Oh, I, I, I still don't know. But ladies and gents, thanks for listening anyway. Um, thanks for listening to our Canadian Roundup. Mm, hope you've enjoyed the last couple of weeks because we've been bang on it with there's been an episode there every Monday morning. And every Thursday morning. And this week, you even got a bonus. So that was three episodes. Yeah, and Fab was up till 3am the other night, uploading oh, the bloody Freddie Hunt video to YouTube. Yeah, because so. it was an hour and 10 minutes. We had to give it ages to render. Yeah, and then I couldn't sleep. No. But I have loved the episodes recently. We have another guest this week. We'll be out on Saturday. Excited for that one. We're filming on Wednesday. Yeah. Make sure you're following our Instagram at PitStop, because if we ask out for anything, that is your chance to get involved. Yep. Definitely. Um, and just constantly just let us know who you'd love to see on the pod. We do see the people that you recommend. Some of them are a bit hard to reach. Mm. Other people uh, just wouldn't be allowed to come on. Mm-hmm. So it's tough. But this year, everyone's a lot stricter with what they want their their people doing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we kind of wormed our way in last year and got a few people on the sneak. <laughs> we did we get a few people on the sneak. We definitely did a few it? things on the sneak last year. Yeah. So this year is everything's by the book. <laughs> Everything gets done properly because that's the new era. Throw the fucking book away. Yeah. That's what I say. Let it stop Burn the coming. book. Burn the rule book of F1. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We love you. Thanks for listening. We care about each and every one of you. We really do. Well, Jake, you doing? Jake, clearly, Jake clearly fucking doesn't. <laughs> Do you not care about your fans? Of course I care about everyone. I love you all. Yeah, good man. <laughs> what is this outro? Why have you done that? Done what? Just say thank you for listening. You're all great. Well, what would you like me to say? No thanks for listening and I hate all of you. <laughs> Alright, you do it. You just finish it. I can't be asked. No, 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 this is your thing. This is your end bit. No, you like to do the end you bit. You just do it. I do the intro, you do the little bullshit oh, outro. Thank you so much for listening. We love you all so much. See now there's there's no passion in that. <laughs> That's like people you've literally thrown me under people the People would read through that. It's just there's nothing behind no weight behind it. Guys, honestly, thank you so much for listening to the 100 plus podcast episodes that we have done learning has been fantastic fun this is more like it. and we're really excited to see what we can achieve throughout the rest of the year and the guests that will be coming on in the next couple of months so thank you for sticking with us those of you who are new thanks for joining mm. those of you who are old thanks for sticking along yeah Ladies and gents, thanks Thank so you much for listening to the, the Pissed Up Podcast. podcast. I will see you guys on... And, uh, let's see you on Thursday. Out! <laughs>